This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports, Lou Dobbs, Business. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me, 5 o'clock. Good morning. It is Wednesday, April 12th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Mix of sun and clouds today, the high 81. I love that. Tonight, overnight, clear, low 62. And if you like the heat, it's going to be even warmer tomorrow. Thursday, mostly sunny, warmer, high 87. If you're walking out the door with us right now, it's 63 and clear in Kings Point out on Long Island, 61 in East Brunswick, New Jersey. And it's 62 and cloudy here in Midtown. A lot to get to as we work our way up. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. To the six o'clock hour and sit in friends in the morning. So yesterday was what day two of warmer weather. And I don't know if you're like me, but you start to like plow through the summer clothing because you didn't expect it to pull it out so quickly. And uh, this has happened to me a number of times over the years. Maybe just as part of it is getting older or whatever. But I pulled out some of the nice polos I have, some of the workout T-shirts that I haven't worn in a while. And they and they were a little more snug. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at BeatTheStigma.org. Then I remember them being, and at first I thought, well, geez, maybe they just had been laundered too much and maybe it's time to trade them in. But then I stepped on the scale, which I never, ever, ever, ever do. I know for a lot of people that's like a daily thing, but I never do that because I just feel I can tell usually whether I've put on a few pounds or not. And I did, nothing major. So for me, if I want to do this, and it hasn't happened in a while, it's easy. There's one thing. I have like one culprit. For some people, it's alcohol. For some people, it's, uh, you know, burgers and fries and stuff like that. I am totally, it's the sweet tooth. So I went through the house, and my wife is an enabler because she likes to bake and stuff like that. And I went through the house, and I threw out everything that tempts me, you know, in this time of year, any time of the year. But especially, you know, during the winter when you can kind of cover it all up. Now you can't. So I'm in pretty good shape. Don't get me wrong. But 
uh, the, the fact that some of those polos that I like are just a little snug, right? A little snug around the waist. I didn't like the way it looked. So now, no more chocolate. And if I just get rid of that one thing and I keep the exercise routine up, that weight will come off. It's very exciting. But uh, unfortunately, I've had a lot of fun over the last couple of months. The fun with the chocolate ends today. All right, let's get into the headlines. The top five at five. The tri-state is a tinderbox right now. President Trump thinks President Biden may not run in 2024. Good luck getting a guinea pig in the big city. The New Jersey race for governor not till 2025, but one candidate has already started his campaign. And you may soon get reusable packaging with your Grubhub order. All right, let's get into it. 503. We are a tinderbox. It has been so dry and so warm uh, for the last couple of weeks, right? I mean, there's been days where it's cold, but generally no wet weather. And so crews have been battling fires all over the tri-state. The thought is we'll see some more of those brush fires today. Crews battling a massive 500-acre forest fire in Manchester Township, New Jersey overnight. The fire burning on federal, state and private property along Route 539 and Horican Avenue. And uh, as we've seen even early this morning, we could see that they were still battling that. And I imagine uh, some roadways will be affected. We'll get Joe Nolan on the latest on that coming up in just a few moments. Then we had this fire in Jersey City at a recycling plant that uh, caused all kinds of problems yesterday. It started a several brush fires nearby. Uh, it stopped some of the trains on the light rail, New Jersey's uh, Hudson Bergen light rail. Initially, the fire started apparently in the building where this recycling plant is in Jersey City. And some workers, they tried to put it out themselves. That usually doesn't work, and it didn't work here. The fire started in the back. He grabbed a hose, and we started we to, to get it put out, it out. It spread too fast. The wind, heavy fire, heavy smoke, and we had to just leave the property. It was too bad. In 15 minutes, it was all gone. Yeah, and it's all paper. You know, <laughs> you know what? Paper and flames together. One large building, a fire. Fire had stacks of recycling paper in the front yard of it. The fire shut down uh, the light rail through the evening rush. So it's back running today. Winds appeared to help spread those flames. Heavy smoke. Couldn't breathe. Heavy smoke. A lot of ash from the paper. Unfortunately, we were dealing with some high wind conditions. Burning embers were flying onto the other side. It actually extended as far north along the turnpike line down to 14C. Yeah, so okay, the good news here, nobody heard. Then just hour later, firefighters were putting out a brush fire burning along the Teaneck Creek Conservancy. That's in Teaneck, south of DeGraw Avenue. Uh, there was a fire there last night. The Bergen County executive was there, says uh, he's ready for that and for what might, uh, might happen today, again, because it's going to be so warm. And so the risk will even increase more. So we're on heightened alert here in the county. You know, we're so populous, the most populous county in the state of New Jersey. But you have areas like this, and so you have to make sure that you're well prepared, and we are here in Bergen County. Yeah, okay. So uh, elsewhere in New Jersey, Forest Fire Service was on Almeda Drive in Brick Township, also fighting uh, flames from the uh, sky and from on the ground. Uh, Thankfully, again, no injuries in any of those, but uh, we are in those tinderbox days. There is some rain in the forecast, but it's not until Saturday. 506, a Bronx man. Caught on video kicking a small dog. He's now facing animal abuse charges. And with the latest on that is WABC's Alex Barnard, who joins us live. Good morning, Alex. 
Good morning, Gnome. And yes, that's right. A security camera caught the dog kicker in action on an elevator, and the video's been getting lots of attention on social media, but... That dog kicker is the boyfriend of the dog's owner, Nashawn Brown. Brown spoke to NBC4 New York. I'm the victim of the situation. I was at work. I didn't know what was going on. I walked into this. Brown says his boyfriend was dog-sitting while he was at work. Do I understand why people are upset? Yes. Do it look like it was excessive? Yes. Is he that type of individual? He's really not. He says one of his three dogs got loose on a walk. There was a scramble to get him back as a neighbor started yelling and that his boyfriend uncharacteristically overreacted. I was crying yesterday. He he was he asked me, like, I'll just I'll just leave out your life. If you don't want me here no more, just say that. He's really, really remorseful. And that's what social media don't see. Making it worse for Brown, investigators came with a warrant Monday and took all three of his dogs away. I wasn't the, the individual that you said abused the dogs. You gave me my dogs back, and then you come back three days later and take my dogs. I have no dogs. I have no privacy. I'm getting no respect. I'm getting no help from anyone. He says both he and his boyfriend are being judged unfairly by the public. Yeah, but there's video of the guy kicking the dog, so I don't know how you can judge something like that unfairly. You should never be kicking a dog, no? Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah, why would... I mean, it's one thing, though, that he did say that his address was leaked on social media, which that's not cool, obviously, but still... Kicking a dog? Of course anyone's going to judge you. Yeah, of course. Uh, 77 WABC's Alex Barnard. Thank you very much. WABC News Time 510. Uh, just all this mess surrounding Donald Trump continues, right? It was last Tuesday that the former president was arrested here in Manhattan. There's all kinds of lawsuits back and forth. Everybody's investing in, investigating everybody. And, uh, well, it's just a mess. So we're going to try to sort out some of it. Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg now filing a lawsuit against Ohio Republican Congressman Jim Jordan. I'll let Bob Brown explain this one. The suit accuses Jim Jordan and the House Judiciary Committee of brazen and unconstitutional attack by members of Congress involving criminal prosecution of former President Trump. Meantime, Jordan is planning to host a hearing on crime in New York City next week. Mayor Adams says Republicans should focus on other issues. This is, this is not about public safety. We're move, We're trending in the right direction. Their districts are trending in the wrong direction. The so-called field hearing is scheduled for Monday. I'm Bob Brown for 77 WABC News. And then the former president, former President Trump, was on Tucker Carlson last night. He claims that when he showed up at the lower Manhattan courtroom to be arrested last Tuesday afternoon, that court employees and police officers were crying during his arraignment. And I'll tell you, people were crying. People that work there, professionally work there, that have no problems putting in murderers and they see everybody it's tough tough place yeah so trump says the criminal uh, conviction will not stop him from running for the white house in 2024 we kind of guessed that already he says he's not dropping out of the race that's not his thing the manhattan da of course charging trump with more than 30 counts related to this alleged hush money payments paid to stormy daniels to cover up an alleged affair before the 2016 race he pled not guilty to all the charges and they were crying they were actually crying they said i'm sorry uh, they'd say 2024, sir, 2024, and tears are pouring down their eyes. 
I've never seen anything like the whole... Yeah, I mean, we've seen some of the video. I did not see anybody crying in that video, but maybe behind the scenes they were. Uh, more from Donald Trump. No, I'd never drop, drop out. No, I'd never drop. It's not my thing. I wouldn't do it. Yeah, that's him talking about dropping out of the race. And then, of course, uh, Tucker Carlson, uh, Carlson asked him about Joe Biden, who will likely be his opponent if he were to win the Republican nomination for the White House. And here's what he said about Biden and whether he'll run in 2024. I, I watch him just like you do. And I think it's almost inappropriate for me to say it. I don't see how it's possible. But there's something wrong. I saw his answer today on television about whether or not he was going to run to a very nice guy named Al Roker. <laughs> I mean, you can't get a softer question than that. That was a long answer of talking about the eggs and the this and that. Look, I don't think he can. So uh, the president, the former president, will be in Manhattan tomorrow, lower Manhattan, uh, at the uh, uh, Letitia James, the attorney general's office tomorrow. He's being deposed in this case with the Trump organization. Uh, the last time he was questioned by the attorney general was back in August. He took the fifth, did not answers, uh, answer any of the questions that they uh, sent his in direction. The thought is when he has to sit down with the attorney general again tomorrow at the Attorney General's office in Lower Manhattan. He'll do the same. He'll plead the fifth. 513, Governor Kathy Hochul vowing to protect reproductive health following a Texas judge's ruling to block a widely used abortion pill in the Lone Star State. And last year, the attacks were on abortion procedures. This year, medication abortion. What's next? Contraception? Birth control? Well, I'm here to say, not in New York, not now. Not ever. The conservative judge suspended the FDA's approval of this abortion pill, which had been approved for more than 20 years. Hochul says the state, New York, taking steps to protect abortion. Of course, it's legal here um, by introducing legislation and requiring insurers to cover medical abortions. The state's also apparently stockpiling now a five year supply of this abortion pill. This isn't just an attack on abortion. It's an attack on democracy. Courts have never before revoked a science-backed decision made by the FDA. 514 now. PBA President Pat Lynch stepping down from atop the city's largest police union. Yesterday he announced he will not seek re-election when his term ends in June. Almost my entire career in the news business in New York City, he has been the head of the PBA. Uh, here he was yesterday. When will they stop patting us on the back? and help us take our streets back. We are in a crisis. We need help now. Yeah, I don't know if that's actually from yesterday, but uh, in a letter to members, Lynch uh, referenced his philosophy that a rider cannot switch horses in the middle of a battle and the PBA m must not change leadership in the middle of a contract fight. So he said if he were to be reelected, the next contract would be in full swing exactly when he would be subject to mandatory NYPD retirement. So he says he doesn't want to be the guy at the bargaining table next time there's a new deal. By the way, he just finished 
established this tentative agreement with the PBA that grants all this retroactive pay and increases. They date back to 2017 to adds up to roughly uh, 23,000 offers getting all kinds of money and back pay. Uh, so he leaves on a high note. Don't know exactly when his last day will be. 515, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. Let's say good morning and happy Wednesdays to Justin Ellick. Well, happy Wednesday to you, Noam Layden. The Yanks, they won the middle game of their three-game set against Cleveland. Final score being 11-2. to A scared Cole struggled to find his rhythm in the first inning. He got a 2 nothing hole for his offense. Before they reassured him, they've got his back with eight runs in the subsequent three frames to virtually put this one away. The pleasant surprise early on here of Frenchy Cordero broke things open in the third with this three-run shot into the right field seats. This will be the 30th pitch of the inning. Cordero hits it deep to right field. Gonzalez back. Track. Wall. See ya. A home run for Cordero. A three-run shot. And the Yankees lead 6-2. to two. That call courtesy of the Yes Network. Cole improved to 3-0 on the bump, going seven gritty innings with the two-spot in the first being all he would allow. Clark Schmidt gets the ball in the finale this afternoon against Cleveland's Peyton Battenfield. First pitch is set for 1.10 p.m. Eastern time. As for the Mets, they lost 4-2 in the middle game of their three-game set in Queens against the San Diego Padres. David Peterson was solid on the mound for New York, working into the sixth inning and only allowing two earned runs. But the Mets' bats couldn't figure out his counterpart in Ryan Weathers, who grabbed his first big league win in over two years for the Padres. New York will try and take the rubber game and the series this afternoon in the finale. Set for 1.10 p.m. first pitch. That'll be Tyler McKill taking the hill against San Diego's Blake Snell on the ice in Jersey. The Devils dominated the Buffalo Sabres to the tune of a 6-2 final score. Tomas Tatar shined with two goals and an assist. And with the win, the Devs locked up home ice advantage against whoever it is they'll play in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. New Jersey currently trails first place Carolina by a point in the Metropolitan Division with one game to go if New Jersey finishes second it would play the rival rangers in the opening round if they win the division they would face the number seven seed in the eastern conference which is still to be determined ice hockey action to look forward to tonight the islanders are back in action they welcome in the montreal canadians for 7 p.m puck drop and last night the nba play-in tournament got underway eight seed atlanta hawks upset the seven seed miami heat 116 to 105 to secure the eastern conference seven seed in the first round against two seed boston miami will now play the winner of tonight's 10 seed chicago bulls at nine seed toronto raptors matchup set for a 7 p.m tip-off Out west, the 7-seed Lakers survived a wild finish in overtime, beating the 8-seed Minnesota Timberwolves 108-102 to lock up the Western Conference 7-seed in the first round against 2-seed Memphis. Minnesota will now get set to face the winner of 10-seed Oklahoma City and 9-seed New Orleans, uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, I should say, and 9-seed New Orleans Pelicans set for tonight at 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. Here with sports on 77 WABC. I'm Justin Alec. Uh, much more to get to as we roll into the uh, 6 o'clock hour. We're going to hear some of the body cam footage from the Louisville gunman and learn a little bit more about that murdering creep. The uh, NYPD rolling out a mobile robot. You may have seen this before, but now it's going to be back out on the streets. And good luck soon getting a guinea pig at a New York City pet store. We'll tell you why they're about to be banned. That and more, but first at 521, a check of Wall Street. Here's Lou Dobbs. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. The first of several key inflation updates coming today. The March Conservative 
consumer price index expected to rise 0.4%, and stocks fighting off recession fears so far this week. A higher-than-forecast CPI report could end that. The index up more than 100 points yesterday. Tech heavyweights still weighing on the NASDAQ. Apple, Amazon, Alphabet, and Microsoft all posting losses yesterday. Tesla, the only gainer, up more than a percent. The stock still down 5% over the past five days of trading. Honda taking aim at Tesla and other EV makers. Honda investing $18 billion in domestic EV production over the next seven years. Bed Bath & Beyond earnings today. News of a reverse stock split sent the stock tanking, the stock losing 86% so far this year. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. WABC News Time 522. We're now seeing the body cam footage of this Louisville bank shooter. What is it? it? Was two weeks ago the Nashville body cam. Now we're seeing how brave these cops were that ran into this area of this bank in downtown Louisville as this 25-year-old gunman shot up the place. <laughs> A lot of gunfire, and you can hear the chaos of it. All the footage came out yesterday, captures the moment police opened fire, killing the 25-year-old gunman. Police say, of course, uh, he killed five people, injured over a half a dozen. He had laid in wait in the lobby for police to arrive and started shooting at them. Two officers are among the injured. One remains in critical condition after he took a bullet to the head. Uh, they, they deserve to be honored for what they did. Because it is not something that comes easily. It is not something that comes naturally. Anybody who gets shot at reacts. For people to react by staying there, staying in the fire, and going back inside the scene, keeping themselves in danger, that's superhuman. It is really superhuman. The Louisville Police Chief Jacqueline Vaud says the weapon used in the mass shooting there was purchased legally. The suspect uh, in this incident was a current employee with Old National Bank. The uh, 25-year-old gunman was a current employee at the Old National Bank where those five people were killed. The uh, two officers, uh, one of them, there's a vigil for him. Uh, Again, a bullet to the head. Uh, People remembering, uh, praying for him. He purchased the weapon used in this tragic incident on yesterday, on April the 4th. Yeah. He purchased the weapon legally. Just a a week before it all happened. Uh, Let's bring it. Back to New York, where the NYPD is rolling out three pieces of innovative technology that aim to bolster policing in the city. Do you remember, was this like a year ago? I don't remember the exact timeline where they brought out the NYPD. This It was during the de Blasio days, so maybe it was two years ago. They brought out this robotic dog that apparently could go into a hostile situation and fire bullets. Well, they brought out a mobile robot. Uh, and they're going to pair it with uniformed police officers to patrol public spaces like transit hubs. It doesn't have the capability to shoot anything, uh, but they unveiled this thing yesterday. This K-5 robot provides real-time situational awareness and actionable intelligence to first responders 
and also provides a physical crime deterrent. Yeah, it's just kind of cool to look at, i got to tell you. Another one of the technologies is called the Star Chase System, which allows police officers to launch a GPS tag onto fleeing vehicles. There's a bunch of police departments in New Jersey, Long Island, Connecticut, Westchester. They already use this. It basically is like a dart that hits the back of a vehicle, and it uh, it's like sending a sticker there gets connected and it doesn't come disconnected and then it just sends out a gps signal so uh you can catch up with the vehicle later if or you, you know if you lose them the department will also use two so-called uh digi dogs these are fully remote controlled vehicles that can navigate difficult terrain and help the nypd during high-risk operations there was a human being behind and responsible for every mechanism that we use yeah so obviously it's all going to be remote controlled mayor adams uh talking about this gps tag system he says it's a great idea the nypd should have had it a long time ago what we want to do is to mitigate as as many uh, high-speed chases in the city as possible, and this technology allows us to do that. Uh, it's a brilliant way of not putting police officers in danger, civilians in danger. Yeah, of course, when one of these people is driving recklessly across the city with police on their tail, now they can back off and find them a short time later without endangering people on the streets because so many people walking around. The NYPD Commissioner Keyshawn Sewell reassuring the public that all this technology will be used for the greater good. The use of these technologies will be transparent, consistent, and always done in collaboration with the people that we serve. And as with every NYPD initiative, we will continuously evaluate their use and impact on our city. And Mayor Adams, of course, a former cop himself, says these are just more tools for police officers to use to keep the big city safe. I'm a computer geek, and I believe that technology is here. Uh, we cannot be afraid of it. Yeah, and if you want to see some of this, head over to WABCRadio.com and you can see some of the robotic stuff the NYPD unveiled yesterday. It was pretty cool to see. we got so much more to get to as we work our way up to the 6 o'clock hour in Sid and Friends in the morning. What if your Grubhub order came with reusable pa- packaging? Would you be okay with that? That could be the future here in the city. There is a building owner in Brooklyn who has 500 violations violations against him. How is he able still to function? We'll hear from some of the tenants who will tell us just how horrible it is to live in his building. And uh, in my now hometown of Jersey City, Mayor Stephen Fulop making a big announcement about his future yesterday. And finally, we'll throw one more in there. Guinea pigs soon could be very hard to find at pet stores in the city. I didn't realize they're so popular, but apparently they are. We'll get into that and more. First, this at 529. The 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden on 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. This is the 77 WABC News Hour with Noah Layden. Yeah, that's May 531. Good morning. It is Wednesday, April 12th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Just a beauty on the way. Sun, clouds, warm, high 81. Tonight, overnight, clear, low 62. Thursday, even warmer, sunshine, high 87. If you're walking out with the door, uh, walking out the door with us right now, so happy you are. It is 63 and clear in Kings Point, Long Island, 61 in East Brunswick, New Jersey, and it's 65 and clear right here 
in Midtown. Let's start with this story out of the city council with guinea pigs. I was not wise to this, but apparently guinea pigs is a huge pet to get at the pet store. I would never think in a million years to bring one of these home. It's like, to me anyway, it's like having a rat in your house, but apparently I'm wrong on this. Pet stores in the city will soon prohibit uh, the selling of guinea pigs, the New York City Council, approving the ban that was introduced by a councilwoman yesterday on apparently what was National Pet Day, a day I didn't know about either. You know, if you want a guinea pig, you can go and adopt. We're not, you know, eliminating guinea pigs from the face of the earth. Uh, you can still get one. We have many of them uh, at the animal care and control. Yeah, but you can't get them in a pet store, at least. Advocates say guinea pigs were and have been impulse purchases, especially during the pandemic. And apparently what happened is when the pandemic ended, people started returning these uh, guinea pigs, not to the pet stores, but to shelters or just dumping them in parks. Apparently, some parks around the city, you can see them like you do rats. So this law goes into effect next month. And unfortunately, we've seen a lot of uh, individuals not only surrendering them to ACC, but also dumping them in our public playgrounds and some of our gardens. I got to tell you, they give me the, the willies. <laughs> Guinea pigs, it's like, to me, it's like a rat. But okay, I know, teach his own. Democratic National Committee. Uh, New York City was in the running to host the Democratic National Convention. We lost out, unfortunately, as we found out yesterday, to Chicago, which last held the convention about 28 years ago. Actually, Chicago has held more Democratic and Republican conventions than any city apparently in the nation. So uh, it had been a popular choice, I guess, because it's right smack in the middle of the country. Uh, The tourism folks in Chicago, very happy that the summer convention will be happening in the Windy City. New times does a convention bring the media landscape and how many reporters will come here, again, broadcasting to every corner of the world and putting Chicago in that positive spotlight. Yeah, it is big money, of course, for any city that lands the convention. Republicans will be in Milwaukee. So the Democrats go second, right, because uh, Joe Biden is in the White House. It'll happen at the United Airlines Center August 19th to the 22nd, August 19th to the 22nd, the big convention for the Democrats, uh, assuming Biden and Kamala Harris will be there. Uh, We lost out, let's see, who else was in the running? Atlanta and Houston were up against New York and Chicago. Atlanta, apparently, and Chicago were really in the final running, uh, and uh, Houston winning that big scoring, that big convention yesterday. The detention of a Wall Street Journal reporter in Russia is totally illegal. That's the uh, word from President Biden yesterday making the comments as he got ready to leave for Ireland, where he is today. And we declared it so, changes the dynamic. Journalists. Ivan Gershkovich was uh, recently arrested by Russian authorities on spying allegations and been behind bars since March 30th. State Department this week designated Gershkovich as wrongly detained, which means they will have lots of people working on trying to get him released. We're making it real clear that it's being totally illegal what's happening. Yeah, a poor guy who is from Princeton, New Jersey, a graduate of Princeton High School, uh, still behind bars today. 535, while we're in New Jersey, Jersey City Mayor Stephen Phillips says he's running for governor of New Jersey in 2025. The 45-year-old Democrat making it an official yesterday that he's throwing his hat into the ring to replace Governor Phil Murphy, whose term is up in January of 2026. Uh, full disclosure, and I guess, do I have to say this every time I do a Phillips story from now on? 
I don't have to ask the powers that be. But full disclosure, um, uh, Stephen Fulop is my neighbor. So anyway, he announced yesterday and um, not a surprise. The thought was that he's going to run. The, the only surprise here is that he announced so early that he's running. I'm Stephen Fulop, and I believe leader standing up for what you believe in, even when it's not popular, and then fighting successfully to get it done. Now I'm running for governor to bring that same energy and fight to Trenton. In the coming months, I'll be offering detailed proposals for how we can make a great state even better for every family. I hope you're with me because we have a lot to do. Yeah, so Fulop has an interesting background. He actually uh, worked for Goldman Sachs, not not being the really interesting part, but he was a U.S. Marine who served three terms um, as mayor of uh, what is now New Jersey's second largest city. He's still the mayor, just won re-election easily. So uh, Fulop saying the biggest issue in New Jersey is affordability, and he says he hopes to find solutions that help improve people's lives. My guess is he's jumping into the race early to try to suck up all the oxygen and apparently all the cash that will get involved in this race. And my guess is also he'll be kissing up to those county election officials across the state. And that takes a long time to do. You got to spread around the cash to those Democratic organizations. So he is well on the path of doing that by making that big announcement yesterday. Uh, 539. This was a story that broke just as we were coming on the air yesterday. Two drivers were killed in a wrong way crash on the Belt Parkway. Learning a little bit more about this story. The person that was behind the wheel of the car that was going the wrong way on the Belt Parkway was 52-year-old Winston Ramdane. He was killed in the accident. He drove for two exits in the wrong direction. This was about one in the morning. He sideswiped a whole bunch of cars, finally plowed into another driver head on. I didn't see it, the head on collision, but from hearing it, I knew it was crazy. And when I automatically went to the terrace to see what it looked like, I was like, damn. Yeah, Ram Dean was not the only one killed. Unfortunately, he did uh, head on. He plowed into a 79-year-old driver in another car who was also killed. Investigators, at least as of late last night, were still trying to figure out why Ram Dean got on the Belt Parkway going the wrong way, if he was under the influence of something. I imagine we'll get the results and answers to that in the coming days. 540, out to Long Island uh, in what was one of the more horrendous stories of the last couple of years. Do you remember the story of an eight-year-old who was autistic? who was put in his uh, father's uh, garage, cold garage, overnight, and uh, he died of hypothermia. This eight-year-old kid, I mean, what wrong could an eight-year-old kid do to be thrown into the garage? Naked, by the way. He died of hypothermia. So his father was a former NYPD cop. He was sentenced back in December for the murder of his son to 25 years to life. So he'll never see the light of day, thank God. His girlfriend, who lived with him, fiance at the time, was 45-year-old Angela Polina. She was found guilty of murdering her, of murdering the the uh, NYPD cop's child because she lived with him at the time. So yesterday was her sentencing. She got 25 years to life for the death of eight-year-old Thomas Valva. And uh, here was the judge in the case who was angry and upset like all of us were and really went after her. It wasn't until I heard and saw what you said and did in this trial that I think we all realized how evil you really are. Yeah, I mean, evil is the word. 
uh, the court officers had to calm down the courtroom when he announced the sentence. There was loud applause when they took Polina out in handcuffs. Um, what I thought was a really touching moment was Thomas Valva, the eight-year-old who died. His teachers uh, showed up in the courtroom because they wanted to honor his memory. I mean, how sweet is that? Uh, here's more from the judge in the courtroom yesterday. What we know from the evidence in this case, beyond any doubt, is that Thomas wasn't surrounded by love the day that he died, as he should have been. My only regret, Ms. Polina, is they don't have a garage there. With no heat and no mattress and no blankets and no pillows. Yeah, thank God he said that. Um, yeah, she should be thrown in a place where she's miserable. Jail's not enough. Um, the um, NYPD cop Michael Valve, a former NYPD cop convicted of murder, he won't be up for parole until 2048. That's the same for his, uh, I guess, now former fiance, uh, Angela Polina. 543 now. Out to uh, Brooklyn, a group of Brooklyn tenants demanding the city take action against their landlord, who they say has neglected their building for over four years. These are the tenants of 1111 Ocean Avenue in Flatbush. Their landlord is Sam Wasserman. Uh, There are 500 violations against this building. I mean, that's just crazy. And the pictures, we're going to post them a little bit later, of some of these apartments is outrageous. Now, some of these tenants have gone on a rent strike because they say they were not going to pay rent until he fixes all that's wrong. When I moved in, we had doormen, handymen, porters. We had laundry rooms on each side of the building. Uh, The ceiling in their daughter's bedroom collapsed. They have two little girls. These are my windows. I have 11 windows and I can't see out of any of them. Yeah, it looks pretty miserable. At least 12 of those violations include rent impairing violations. And apparently those are the ones that have to be corrected within six months. But that has not happened here. I'm not sure how he's been able to get away with it. Wasserman was supposed to be in court yesterday, but he did not show up because it was Passover. You can really see when you're up here up close is how bad the facade of the building is and the brickwork. Um, you can see these cracks running all yeah. the way down the side oh, of the okay. building. Yeah, and on top of some of those outstanding violations, half of the building hasn't had gas since March. But tenants say that's the least of their worries. Uh, just just miserable all around. Repairs to be made all around. And uh, the landlord so far has not made those repairs. 545, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk, where we find Justin Elliott. Thank you, Noam. Sports here. The Yankees won the middle game of their three-game set against Cleveland. Final score being 11-2. Ace Garrett Cole struggled to find his rhythm in the first inning, digging a 2-0 hole for his offense before they reassured him they've got his back with eight runs in the subsequent three frames to virtually put this one away. The pleasant surprise of Franchi Cordero broke things open in the third with this three-run shot into the right field seats. This will be the 30th pitch of the inning. Cordero hits it deep to right field. Gonzalez back. Track. Wall. See ya! A home run for Cordero, a three-run shot, and the Yankees lead 6-2. That call courtesy of the Yes Network. Cole 
Improved to 3-0 and on the bump for the year, going seven gritty innings with the two-spot in the first being all it would allow. Clark Schmidt gets the ball in the finale this afternoon against Cleveland's Peyton Battenfield. First pitch is set for 1.10 p.m. Eastern time. As for the Mets, they lost 4-2 to in the middle game of their three-game set in Queens against the San Diego Padres. David Peterson was solid on the mound for New York, working into the sixth inning and only allowing two earned runs. But the Mets' bats couldn't figure out his counterpart in Ryan Weathers, who grabbed his first big league win in two years for the Padres. New York will try and take the rubber game uh, and the series this afternoon in the finale set for 1.10 p.m. First pitch, that'll be Tyler McGill taking the hill against San Diego's Blake Snell on the ice in Jersey. The Devils dominated the Buffalo Sabres to the tune of a 6-2 final score. Tomas Tatar shined with two goals and an assist, and with the win, the Devs locked up home ice advantage against whoever it is they'll play in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. New Jersey currently trails first place Carolina by a point in the Metropolitan Division with one game to go. If New Jersey finishes second, they would play the rival Rangers in the opening round. If they win the division, they would face the number seven seed in the Eastern Conference, which is still to be determined. Ice hockey action to look forward to tonight. The Islanders back on the ice welcoming in the Montreal Canadiens at 7 p.m. And the NBA play-in tournament got underway last night. Eight-seed Atlanta Hawks upset the seven-seed Miami Heat 116-105 to to secure the Eastern Conference seven-seed in the first round against two-seed Boston. Miami will now play the winner of tonight's 10-seed Chicago Bulls at nine-seed Toronto Raptors matchup set for a 7 p.m. tip-off out west. The seven-seed Lakers survived a wild finish in overtime, beating the eight-seed Minnesota Timberwolves 108-102 to to lock up the Western Conference seven-seed in the first round against two-seed Memphis. Uh, Minnesota will now get uh, to set, I should say, get set to face the winner of 10-seed Oklahoma City Thunder at nine-seed New Orleans Pelicans. That's set for tonight at 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. Here with sports on 77 WABC. I'm Justin Allen. As Joe mentioned there, Manchester, uh, there's a fire sort of still, I guess I can use the word raging, 500 acre forest fire manchester township that's ocean county burning on uh, federal state and private property um and uh they don't have it under control and there's um it has been sort of a tinderbox of sorts and we're in that mode for at least the next couple days with the high heat it's been dry no rain in the forecast until Saturday. And so we've seen a number of fires just over the last 24 hours. Yesterday, it was at the Reliable, Reliable Paper Recycling Company on uh, Caven Point Avenue in Jersey City that was causing all kinds of problems. Uh, the workers there trying to put out the fire themselves, which never really works out too well. The fire started in the back. He grabbed the hose and we started to, to get it out, put it out. It spread too fast. The wind, heavy fog. Heavy smoke, and we had to just leave the property. It was too bad. Fifteen minutes, it was all gone. Yeah, and there's recycling paper. I mean, talk about something that's going to catch fire. Recycling paper all over this plant. Lots of it caught fire. Heavy smoke. Couldn't breathe. Heavy smoke. A lot of ash from the paper. Unfortunately, we were dealing with some high wind conditions. Burning embers were flying onto the other side. It actually extended as far north along the turnpike line down to 14C. Yeah, all that brush uh, catching fire. That's under control. It's actually, for the most part, actually out at this point. Uh, in Teaneck in Bergen County, Teaneck Creek Conservancy along DeGraw Avenue, a blaze there last night. The Bergen County executive uh, says uh, they had that under control, but they're worried about more brush fires today. And so the risk will even increase more. So we're on heightened alert here in the county. You know, we're so populous the most populous county in the state of New Jersey, but you have areas like this, and so you have to make sure that you're well prepared, and we are here in Bergen County. Yeah, no doubt you'll hear more about some brush fires in the next 24 hours, again, because it's so dry, no rain, at least in the forecast until 
Saturday. Uh, did you see former President Trump was on Fox News last night uh, talking to Tucker Carlson? He says when he showed up in that lower Manhattan courtroom last Tuesday to be arrested, that court workers were crying over the fact that he was being arrested. And I'll tell you, people were crying, people that work there professionally work there that have no problems putting in murderers and they see everybody it's tough tough place all right if you've been living under a rock you may not realize the manhattan da charging trump with more than 30 counts related to that alleged hush money payment made to porn star stormy daniels to cover up an alleged affair before the 2016 race and they were crying they were actually crying they said i'm sorry uh, they'd say 2024 sir 2024 and tears are pouring down there is I've never seen anything like the whole. Yeah. And by the way, uh, Trump saying, you know, he's, there's no he's not going anywhere. This isn't going to stop his race for 2024, which we kind of expected, he would say. He also is not sure whether Joe Biden would be his opponent in 2024. I, I watch him just like you do. And I think it's almost inappropriate for me to say it. I don't see how it's possible. But there's something wrong. I saw his answer today on television about whether or not he was going to run to a very nice guy named Al Roker. I mean, you can't get a softer question than that. That was a long answer. Talking about the eggs and the this and that. Look, <laughs> I don't think he can. Yeah, well, the, the eggs question was a, was a strange answer. But Biden has already said, yeah, he's, he's going to run. He hasn't officially announced but he's made every signal that he's going to run for another four years. A 553 out to New Brunswick, New Jersey. Today's day three of a strike by professors, 9,000 unionized workers at Rutgers universities. The two sides remain far apart on key issues, including a pay raise. I have a master's degree and I have to DoorDash to make extra money just to make sure I have food in my home. I have three jobs at the moment because I couldn't afford to actually just work part time. So there was some hope that Governor Murphy would be able to bring the two sides together. They met in Trenton Monday night till like 10 o'clock at night, but uh, the pickets were back up yesterday, so it did not work. And these professors say they're not going anywhere, these workers, until they get the pay raise they say they deserve. There's a lot of indignation, a lot of rage of just how the school can be so callous and just not provide for their employees, because that's what we are. We're workers, we're doing 40, 50 hours a week, and we should be compensated justly. Rutgers University now saying it's considering taking legal action to force faculty back to work. They said it wasn't disrupting classes, but we've talked to students on the New Brunswick campus anyway, and they say it has that some of their professors have not shown up for class, whether it's because they want to walk the picket lines or or they're doing so in solidarity with their professors on that campus. Five fifty four. Um, we now know uh, who uh, ran over, hit and killed a 16-year-old on a city bike. This was in Astoria, Queens, Monday night, 9.30. This creep, an 18-year-old, hits this kid, keeps on driving, and um, they've caught up with him. The victim, Jaden McLaurin, just beloved by people in his building. Jaden was a, a kind young man who gave back to this community. He played sports. He loved playing sports basketball, football, and he was just so respectful.
And police say the man behind the wheel uh, was Ibrahim Yasser, who's from Long Island. Uh, they caught up with him because they found his SUV not so far away. It's terrible. I, you know, I'm a mother myself. I couldn't imagine what the parents are going through right now. Yeah, just awful. How do you do that? You hit somebody, get out of the car, but not this creep. A group of New York City lawmakers coming together now to introduce legislation that would require restaurants to offer reusable packaging to customers. So let's say you get your Grubhub order. It would be in packaging that had already been used, and then you'd have to return it. They would sanitize it and then use it for another customer. Are you down with that? Well, some city council members say it's the way to go to save on packaging and getting more stuff dropped off at the dump. New York City generates... 14 million tons, not pounds, tons of trash every year. A bunch of council members are on board with this legislation. Marjorie Velasquez, Keith Powers, uh, Eric Botcher, Sandy Nurse, the borough, Manhattan Borough President, uh, Mark Levine, part of this. It's called the Choose to Reuse. The bill would require corporate-owned, fast-casual restaurants to offer customers reusable packaging that can be returned. It's not a terrible idea, just don't know if it's going to work. We need massive change from not just a handful of corporations, but all corporations. And many of them will not do it unless it's legislated. So this is a very good opportunity for city council to step in. So some restaurants in the city, they already do this. They use reusable package. They give you some incentive to return it. The uh, Blue Park Kitchen in Midtown, and they, they do it... Um, the uh, is it Raiz Raiz in the East Village also. If you order food from them, they give you reusable packaging, uh, packaging again with an incentive to return it so it can be sanitized and used for someone else. Not clear if this bill is going to get to Mayor uh, Adams' desk, but they're trying to get it there. We're about a minute away from the Wednesday edition of Sit and Friends in the morning. Let's find out what's happening on the big show now from Justin Ellick. Well, thank you, Noam. Late in your Hump Day Wednesday edition, Sit and Friends in the morning. Right around the corner, uh, bottom of each hour. You don't want to miss. Uh, it's Wednesday, so you got the Tunnel of the Towers update featuring the great Frank Siller. 9.40 this morning, your Wednesday edition of the Peerless Boilers Sid's Take Trivia Game in the way of guests. 7.05 this morning, Curtis Sliwa. 7.40, Peter King uh, for his weekly Wednesday morning hit with Sid. 8.25 this morning, we'll do some nuggets with Noam Layden. 8.40, the big guest of the day, Eric Trump hopping on the program. And 9.05 this morning, Jeff Smullian. We're ready to go here, Noam, for your hump day edition of the best morning show in New York City. All right. Thank you very much, Justin. We are out of here on this Wednesday morning. We'll do it all over again tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. Hope to see you there. Hey, don't go anywhere now, though. Yeah. Sid and friends in the morning. They are up next.